thank you for your word. And Lord, as a congregation, we ask you to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us listen, to hear the sermon so that we can respond in our lives, God. Please open our hearts to put into action whatever the Holy Spirit prompts us to do in response to this message. Thank you that we can gather safely and healthily and openly here at Life Center Canada. All of this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning what I'd like to do is offer you kind of a unique perspective of Life Center Canada. And it's one that I get and a few other people get to have at this church. And it's one of electrifying potential. And it's one of hope. And it's one of, I don't know where to hold this. I hear a whole lot of back, oh, there we go. Okay, I asked for a head thing and if I start doing this, just wave. Um, but one of visible and spiritual transformation. And while there were no adequate words, I, I'd still like to share what I get to see on a Sunday morning. And as Pastor Sarah was mentioning that the joy comes in the morning, my goodness, that is what I see every Sunday morning when I serve. And so when I arrive, the building is quiet, and I start with kind of the boring stuff, checking distances of chairs, uh, making sure everything's filled in in the pockets in front of you. Everybody has pens. They've all been cleaned. Um, you know, setting up the giving station, chairs, all that kind of stuff. But then the worship team comes and they bring their gifts to our church and they start filling the sanctuary with music. And then the prayer team comes and they start bringing their spiritual gifts to Life Center Canada. And these prayer warrior, warriors are praying with power and they call on the Holy Spirit to work in this place and you feel it. You feel the building change when these men and women start praying for us for us, very specifically for us, even by name. And then our life kids and our guest services volunteers come in, you know, dedicating yet again the gifts that God has given them to this church. And so kind of finally, the body of Christ starts pouring through the doors and the presence of the Holy Spirit fills God's house and it happens every week. And this is the electrifying energy that I just can't put into words. It's just, it, words fail me. There's no manner in which I can convey the hope that the building changes from just an empty building to, to one of God's presence. And that's when we come together as the body of Christ. And this is where there's power. There's power when we gather together as a community and we grow in our Christ-likeness. And as we serve with our gifts and we steward the resources he has blessed this whole church with, individually, con congregationally, in our community. And this is love and mercy and grace and God pours these over our lives, in this, and it happens in this sanctuary, and it is real, and it is powerful. But we need to take this power, and we need to shoot it forward from this place. And, and just imagine if God took each one of us and the gifts we have and the power he enables with us with every Sunday morning, and we take them out into our workplace, we take them out into our schools, we take them to the people we interact with every week, and he will just multiply them exponentially. And so this is where we are today. We are in the second phase of Life Center's year-long quest to build our house, which is our position in Christ. And in this sermon today, this message, I'd like to bring the last five weeks full circle. And these messages have built up to remind us that our identity is in Christ. And as we sang this morning, I am who you say I am. This is exactly what we are to feel and hear and live and so to anchor your identity in Christ so that we may all be empowered to serve with the spiritual gifts God has blessed each and every one of us with, we will declare some timeless truths over ourselves individually, but we're going to do it as a church. 
And I pray fervently, and I've been praying all week, that this will be a joyful sound to the Lord as we join our voices together, declaring our identity in his son. And so six weeks ago, we actually started the second phase, and it's uh, the position in Christ, and we explored why we need to be saved. And so to discover kind of this ladder, uh, you know, we're going to look at how we grow in our Christ-likeness. And so we have to turn to the very beginning of the Bible. So please join me if you have a phone or a Bible, or you can just look on the screen, in Genesis 2, 7. I'll give you a second to find it, because I hate scrambling. But Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. So here, at the very beginning of creation, we see God giving a personal attention and great care to making the first human. And it is God who gives us a life, a very unique life to be a human, humankind. We are unique because we are humans. We are created in his image. We are in a class kind of by ourselves in the order of creation. And the world's living being shows that Adam was alive in very two distinct ways. And the first was physically. He had a body here on earth. And the second was spiritually. And Adam's soul was actually in union with God in the Garden of Eden. But just nine verses later, God commands Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of good and evil, warning them that they would surely die. And we all know the story. It was probably the first story you learned in Sunday school, and is that they disobeyed. And the human nature took over. And God, God judged them correctly. And they were, in fact, separated from God's presence. And from that moment on, we were all born into this world physically alive, but separated spiritually from the Lord. We are lost. And those of us in this building that know Jesus as our Savior, we were lost. And we can say that in confidence in the past tense. Because Jesus came to remove that separation. And the latter half of John 10.10 proclaims, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. And we need to declare that. It is our gift. It is freely given. And what incredible hope we have in Jesus that we are saved from our lostness. And so it was during this first week that Pastor Terry walked us through how Jesus describes us as lost and what that actually means. And he encouraged us to take an honest look at our own lostness and whether we are being shaped and formed by the people, the events, and the circumstances of a fallen world. I'm sorry if I keep blowing your ears out. He pointed out that we are either unintentionally formed or we're intentionally formed. And we are called into partnership with the Holy Spirit. And we are stronger than the unintentional when we are intentional in the way that we walk and live with Jesus. Because Jesus finds the lost and he finds us exactly where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us there. And so here's the interactive portion of the message. We are going to anchor ourselves in the timeless truth. And I'd like everyone to, to say it together and believe it in your heart and declare it to the Lord as a joy to him. I am a child of God. That is what we learned the first week. And so the second week of the series on position, we learned about moving from lost to found. And this is in fact called justification. And this is a correct understanding, and, and in order to correctly understand justification, it's absolutely necessary, or sorry, it's absolutely necessary to understand that it's the foundation of the whole Christian faith. 
And this was actually kind of a nerdy side, uh, that this was the um, debate between the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestants during the Great Reformation. I don't know if they teach that at Life School of the Bible, um, but this is how important it is. It, it divided the church as it, knew, as it was, and, and this is how we have come here today at Life Center Canada. And so for a right understanding, justification is right legal standing before God. It is God declaring the ungodly to be righteous in his sight and not on the basis of good work, but in response to their faith. And so again, during that second week, Pastor Terry taught that faith is our response to the gospel call in which we sincerely repent of our sins and we place our trust in Christ for salvation. And this salvation is only found in someone. It is not found in something only in Jesus Christ. And we know that salvation is offered to sinners to come as you are and to trust in Jesus Christ as a living person and for forgiveness of sins and eternal life with God. And so we look to Romans 5 and, and 5 1, sorry. We're going to do a bunch of hopping. Uh, Romans 5 1 declares that we are justified. We are no longer lost in God's eyes, but we are found. And so Romans 5.1 declares that therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we clearly see that we have already been justified before a holy father. And that Jesus has already paid the penalty for our sins. And he's established this peace. And this act of justification is the legal act. And it was accomplished on the cross by Jesus. And it God, enables God to stamp paid in full on our account. There's nothing we can do. It is fully, fully paid. And we are justified in and through and by Christ alone. And J.I. Packer, who's the author of Knowing God, which is a very um, excellent book, he simply declares that God receives us as sons and daughters and loves us with the same steadfast affection which he eternally loves his beloved and only begotten son. There is no distinction of affection in the divine family. And if you leave with nothing else, leave with this today. We are loved just as fully as Jesus is loved. And our adoption shows us the glory of Christian hope. And so we are in fact saved from the wrath of God that actually banished Adam and Eve from Eden. We are secure because Jesus' death on the cross paid for our sins. And we can look to Colossians 2.12, and it, it, it's, again, it affirms and assures us that saying he canceled the record of dead, debt that stood against us in its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And that was our paid in full moment. We are justified, and we are found. And so, again, I'd like you to, to join with me and anchor ourselves in the timeless truth that I am justified in through and by Christ alone. And so moving on in week three, we went from saved to justified and now to following. And following is called sanctification. And it's just growing in Christ-likeness. You know, where in the first two weeks we examine the events that occur at the beginning of our Christian lives. You know, they happen very quickly when they do it. It, it takes Everyone's journey is different to get to that point. But once you do our sanctification, it starts a work in which Christ and his image bearers start cooperating. And they each play a distinct role. 
And so sanctification, again, simply put, is a progressive work of God in humans that make us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. And so that week, Pastor Terry asked us, you know, point blank. He's like, by what I am doing and who, who am I becoming? And so he asked us to examine, are you practicing the lessons of Jesus? Are you harnessing the power of community to propel our spiritual formation, not only as individuals, but as a church and as a community? Are you answering the Holy Spirit's call to partnership with him in this life? And so 1 Thessalonians 5.23 guides us in this pursuit, and it, it reminds us that now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so growing in Christ's likeness is something that continues throughout our entire Christian lives. You know, our sanctification will increase throughout every step of our journey. And, you know, even Pastor Barry encouraged us last week that we are not to be doers of the, sorry, we are to be doers of the word and not only hearers. That's from James 1, if you're taking notes. <laughs> and this involves growing in our Christ-likeness, not only in words and in deeds, but in our thoughts. And when we are sanctified, our thoughts are held captive to Jesus. I did not look that verse up. You're going to have to look it up on your own. But please remember that sanctification will never be complete in this life. And the more we grow into the likeness of Christ, and the more we will personally experience the joy and peace that are part of the Holy Spirit, and the more we will draw near to the kind of life that we will have in heaven. And as we grow in holiness and, and we conform to the image of God, and more and more of the beauty of his character will be seen in our lives. And this is the goal of sanctification, which we hope and we long for, and which will only be ours when Christ returns. And so let us anchor ourselves in the timeless truth that I am confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. And so moving very quickly on to week four, we went from saved to justified to sanctified and now serving and stewardship. And, you know, once on the path of growing in Christ-likeness, we delve deeper into what Christ-likeness is. And so looking how we take up that invitation from Christ to form us in our daily lives in practical and tangible ways and looking at how we can conform in the small things, just as much as we can conform to Christ in the large things. And, and this is when Pastor Barry encouraged us to shift our mission from following to serving, and very specifically from ownership to stewardship. And he shared the beautiful lesson of servanthood through the bowl and towel example, the one that Jesus gave his dis disciples on what true leadership looks like in the kingdom of God. And that no one will love you like Jesus loves you. And servanthood is who we are when we live secure in Christ. So Jesus has washed our hearts with the bowl of water and he's cleaned it with the towels. That was the analogy that was shared with us. And he wants us to be shaped by the Holy Spirit in our hearts, not of this world, in our hearts. And when we are confronted in the, or sorry, correction, when we are conformed in the image of God, that is when our relationship deepens. And so stewardship, again, simply put, is the human responsibility 
to manage the resources that God has placed in our cares. And we, and we talked about that the week before, that now we are interacting with God. We have a part to play. And here he is calling us to be stewards. And, and he will place different resources with different people and different strengths at different times. And they don't come automatically. We have to work. And we have to work hard for certain skills. But he will bless us when we are obedient and when we show up. And so the faithful steward requires perseverance and consistency. And so alongside his teachings about prayer, uh, Luke probably emphasized lesser of stewardship more than any other of Christian responsibility. And so in Luke 10 verses, sorry, Luke 16 verses 10 to 12, we see that someone who is faithful in a small matter, Jesus continued, will also be faithful in a large one. Someone who's dishonest in a small manner will also be dishonest in a large one. And if you haven't been faithful with what that wicked thing called money, who is going to entrust you with true wealth? And if you haven't been faithful in looking after what belongs to someone else, who is going to give you what is yours? So Pastor Barry then called on us to shift from being naturally minded people to being eternally minded people. Again, that sanctification being perfected when Jesus comes again. And he called us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as he guides us in our life and he confirms us in the image of God. And so let us be good stewards with all that God has entrusted us with. And let us depend on Jesus to provide for all our needs, knowing that this journey of servanthood and stewardship leads us to God's kingdom work. And again, be doers of the words, not only hearers. He asked us to hold on lightly to the material things of this world. And specifically, he was talking about finances and, and trusting God day by day. And that our desires become God and God's will in our lives. And that in a life of servanthood, of dedicated servanthood, and when we are taking care of God's business, he in turn can take care of ours. And so as you serve, depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you. And this is where we will reflect Jesus best. We will be ambassadors. We will be his ambassadors in a broken and hurting world. And so the lesson from that week, we'd like to anchor ourselves in the timeless truth that I am a personal, spirit-empowered witness of Christ. And just last week was a very, very powerful message. And it was shared about the step going from servant to loving. And it was an incredible illustration of forgiveness. If, if you do remember, if you um, weren't here last week, it's one that you might want to go back and, and try to watch on um, online or Zoom or uh, I think it's on FaceTime or is it YouTube or just on the website? Anywhere, online. Um, because it glorified who God is. And the love that was demonstrated during that message and during that video exemplifies what being a grateful servant of God is. And the lady who shared her testimony, that was a not an easy story, but she was more firm in Christ than ever before. And so Pastor Barry tied that into the parable of the unforgiving servant from Matthew 18, 23 to 35. And it helped us understand that once we acknowledge the debt we owe to God and what he did for us at the cross then we can move towards a life of glorifying Jesus every single day. When we understand that God paid for, he paid our debt, we can serve and love and forgive 
insecurity. And so it is then and only then that we can grasp what it means to be merciful to others and recognizing the mercy we have been shown by our creator. But this transformed heart must result in a transformed life, one that offers the same mercy and forgiveness that you received from God to others. And so the last verse of that lesson last week was from Matthew 18, 35, and it said, So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. And because God has forgiven all of our sins, we should not withhold this forgiveness from others. And as we realize how completely Christ has forgiven us, it should produce an attitude of forgiveness towards others. And here was the key. When we don't forgive others, we are actually setting ourselves above Christ's law of love. And so the mercy of God will accept you regardless of the rung you are on. And the grace of God will put you up to the next one and the next. And this is through faith. It is not through works. So let us be grateful servants of the Lord to each other, to this church, and to a lost world. And let us understand that the position we enjoy as a result of being found in Christ, let's take our acceptance, our security, and our significance of being Christ into the world. And as disciples of Jesus, may we be ambassadors of forgiveness, of mercy, and of love, and we don't need to do it on our own. So let us anchor ourselves in the timeless truth that I can find grace and mercy to help in times of need. So draw on that, take that with you. It's not under our own power, it's under God's. And so this week we come in to the question of staying anchored in Christ and who I am in Christ. And so as we come up, we are never going to reach perfection or the pinnacle, but we can work and be obedient to God's word because this is what it teaches us. And all these lessons have built to this wonderful truth of being anchored in Christ because he is now our true identity. And so this is whose I am and who I am in Christ alone. And so we are now identified as being in Christ. And from the moment you accepted him into your life as your Savior, as Lord, you became his possession. And he is now yours. And you are his and you are eternally identified. That is something that the lost cannot say. You have security in this life, the ups and downs and the journeys and wherever it takes you. You have a place called home waiting for you. And so we are anchored to Jesus eternally through the church, and the church is his bride. And we wait with great hope and anticipation for the day when we will be united with the bridegroom. So we, let us remain faithful to him, and let us say with all the redeemed of this world that come, Lord Jesus, come. And knowing who you are, let us gather as a church and live a life anchored in Christ. Yes, individually, but together as the church, as the community. And this will allow you the confidence to use the spiritual gifts that I get to see every Sunday morning in this church and the ones that God very carefully chose for you to carry out his kingdom work. He is in his providential care, has picked the exact skills 
in gifts that are in you to do his work and to find the lost. And so we are called to be stewards of these gifts. And Ephesians 4 is very clear. So these were the gifts that he gave. Some were to be apostles and others prophets, others evangelists and other pastors and teachers. And their job is to give God's people the equipment they need for their work of service. And so to build up the king's body. And the purpose of this is that we should all reach unity in our belief and loyalty and in knowing God's son. Then we shall have a mature and genuine human life measured by the standards of the king's fullness. And so life setter Kanata, we must embrace the purpose of our life as Christians and it is to follow the path Jesus has for our lives. And may each one of us be who God, again in his infinite providential care and wisdom made us to be to glorify him and to do his kingdom work. And again, I ask you just to imagine what this church will be able to accomplish when we are engaged and anchored in Christ alone. We will be the body of Christ with the full power of the Holy Spirit through the fruit of the Spirit in our lives at full force. We are anchored in the power of the creator of the universe. There is nothing we cannot do. And as we grow as a church and by the process of maturing as a body, just as it tells us in Ephesians, we shall become truly what we already are. So we just need to ask, what gifts has God given to enable this to take place here at Life Center Canada? And so if we had to fulfill this as individuals, it would be absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. But God calls us as members of his body and some of us can do one task and some can do another. But as the body, we can accomplish more. And more together than we ever could dream possible than working by ourselves. And working together, the church can express the fullness of living a life anchored in Christ. And so today, our timeless truth is that I am complete in Christ. And so I'd like to just pause for a moment and I'd like you to ask yourself where you are right now on this ladder. We've talked about anchoring ourselves in Christ with a timeless truth through each step. You know, saved and justified and sanctified. And where are you on this journey? And wherever you are, it doesn't matter. God is with you and Jesus loves you. You are loved no matter where you are and whether you're struggling, whether you've been up and you've come back down or whether you're pulled down again or whether you're questioning where you are or if you're holding on by a fingernail. Trust Jesus where you are anchored right now and pray for him to work in your life to bring you up to that next rung. And as Jesus walks with us for his grace to pull you up and for God's grace to pull you up to that next level, but don't leave people behind. Use the gifts that he's given you and the grace that you have anchored in him to pull up those under you and not out of a place of condemnation, but out of a place of love so that we can all get there together. And so we just, I ask that you offer your hearts to the Lord promptly and sincerely, however he's spoken to you today, wherever you are, 
and very specifically to go into this Christmas season anchored in your identity in Christ and anchored in God as an individual and as a member of Christ's body and as the church, as, as, as the bride of Christ. And that's right here, right now, today in Life Center Canada. So embrace where God has put you and do your best there. Share God's word and hone the gifts he has blessed you with, with the skills he has invested in you. And so let this be a watershed moment and may God's love pour out of our lives, our words, our deeds to make an impact in our community during this season of celebration. And I am not an evangelist. It, I get super crazy nervous trying to share the word. Don't tell my professor. Um, but what better time than Christmas when you have a bridge, you have a worldview bridge with those around you. And, and you may not be, you probably are not the next Billy Graham, but you are who God made you to be. Talking to that person that exact time with the skills and the life and the experiences that you have had to bring you to that conversation. And don't let that opportunity go. So share the excitement of the Holy Spirit that's, that he's ignited in your soul. And Lord, we pray that you use us again exactly where you've placed us in your providential love. And remember that we're his image bearers. It is not Elizabeth, it's not Jeff, it's not Terry, but it is God who is sharing his love. And so here we are, we have taught through both the presence and the position and we're building our house. And so there is a prayer that our church has pulled uh, together about building our house. And I, I'd like to pray that as we go forward. And so we had it in a card. If you still have your card, please join me, but it's gonna come up onto the screen and let us build our house. So let's start. Jesus, help us to be more like you. Holy Spirit, empower us to be whom you've gifted us to be. Father, teach us to abide in your love. Jesus, heal broken relationships, hearts, minds, and bodies. Teach us to rise early Pray fervently and trust your word is ultimate truth. Give us hearts quick to surrender to you, strong to resist darkness, and tender to others around us. Help us to love, not judge. Build up, not break down. Let us love one another as you love us. Jesus, send revival and start in us. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Lord, send us until earth looks like heaven. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, build your house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we're going to take a pause as a church from the Build Your House teaching series, and we're going to turn to the hope of Christmas and the advent of not waiting for Jesus to come, but for him to come again. And so the three words that change the course of human history is God with us. And so please don't leave this moment with unanswered questions. Call on the Holy Spirit to help you search your heart. And let him convict you. Don't be afraid of asking him to convict you of the barriers you have in your life right now to prevent you from anchoring your everything in Jesus. Seek God for the answers. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, today is the day. And if you need prayer, please come up to the front. We're going to have our prayer team come join me. And if you need someone to pray alongside you as you renounce what is keeping you from living in the fullness of Christ, 
please come up. So do not leave this place unchanged. If you're nervous or scared, come up and get prayer and we will build each other up and we will go out into this season and we will make a difference for Christ. And I thank you and I pray for you and I wish you the best week ever.